No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. What's really good, my people? Welcome into the No Catch Up Chicago hotline. I am your host, Sean Little. First off, apologize on the break. Took a little Christmas time, spent some time with friends and family, but I want you to know we're back, we're locked, and No Catch Up Chicago is ready for 2019. The two biggest talking points right now, of course, the Chicago Bears have a number three seed locked in with the potential to move up to number two if the Rams beat up on, or if the Rams lose to the Niners, excuse me. Should we start everyone? Should they play the whole game? Should we try to win the game and knock out Minnesota? We're going to touch on that. The other big piece is the Bulls, and D. Rose was back in town last night doing his thing, had a great game. We're going to touch on that. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to have the opportunity for some cats that have been following us from the beginning, no catch up Chicago to call in, talk, chop it up with us, ask me a couple questions, talk about the Bears, talk about the Bulls. So that's just what I did. Um, before we get into those interviews, I just want to give my take on the two topics before we get into the opinionated phone calls that came through earlier today. The Chicago Bears play the Vikings in Minnesota. Need to win and the Rams to lose to lock up the number two seed. The big talking point is, should the Bears treat this game like a must win to knock out the Minnesota Vikings? Or if we get to half and we notice the Rams are up, I don't know, 27-10, should we pull the starters, get them some rest? First off, I think it's a no-brainer that we have to play the starters and get those guys ready. I'm starting to lean towards the they need to play the whole game, and this is why. My initial thoughts were if we get to halftime and those guys need some rest and the Rams don't look like they're going to lose, which they're not going to do, by the way, so... The whole, the whole thought of us getting the two seed, I think, is finished. But obviously, you never know in the NFL. But I think there's no chance the Rams lose to the Niners at home. The one thing I do want to key and talk about is the Bears have looked poor this season coming off of any type of rest. After the bye week, the first game we had after the bye week was in Miami. We looked rusty. Trubisky looked rusty. Made a lot of bad decisions. Also showed a lot of flashes of good in that game, if you remember. He let us us down on a couple drives that looked really good. But we end up losing that game. The other game our team comes off of a little mini bye after the three games in 12 days is at the Giants. We looked rusty. Understand it's a backup quarterback. I understand Chase Daniel was playing. I get that. I rather 
Mitch get more and more reps going into the playoffs, especially in the atmosphere that Minnesota is going to be. That Minnesota game up there in mini is going to be a playoff atmosphere. The horn's going to be going. It's going to be happening. It's going to be loud. And I would like us to keep playing ball, not worry about injuries. Not worry about being rusty. The only time I'll take off is if it's a bye week. Other than that, I want us to go up to Minnesota and play ball. Especially if we have the opportunity to knock out Minnesota from the playoff picture. I don't want to. I know that we beat Minnesota at home. I think people are underestimating and Bears fans are underestimating how close that game was. That game was 25 to 20. We didn't turn them over like I think in our heads we think we did. Did we beat up the Rams on defense? Absolutely. At the end of the day, still a close game. And the same thing goes for Minnesota. Playing them back-to-back weeks would give me a little a little anxiety. Now, let me be clear. I don't think we lose to anyone at home, be it Seattle, Philadelphia, or Minnesota. But that's going to be a that's going to be a, a very very tight game if we have to play them back to back weeks. So I'm on the team of letting everyone play the whole game, go out there try to knock Minnesota out and get that team ready for next week. Treat it, treat it like any other week and the, and treat it like there's an up oh, there's another game next week. It just happens to be the playoffs. Let's go week by week. Switching over to the Bulls. We don't have to talk about the Bulls struggling. I actually just did an interview with Darnell Mayberry, who covers the Bulls for The Athletic. I thought it was a great interview. I'm going to release that tomorrow or sometime early next week. But he talked about his new piece, and we talked about, you know, the state of the Bulls and him coming over and covering the Bulls this year. It It was a great conversation. He's a great guy. Shout out D. Mayberry of The Athletic. The story is Derrick Rose coming home. I'm just happy for him. There's been some times, and it's on wax, where I haven't, uh, I didn't really appreciate Derrick Rose as, as much as I probably should have. I was frustrated at how much time he was taking to get back. I thought it was more mental than physical. I don't think I really took into consideration how much he was carrying with him. And it shows this year. This is the first time, I think, in his career where he gets up and doesn't really have to worry about much outside of hooping. His family life is locked up. He knows the coach in Minnesota. He just walks into the gym and gets ready to hoop. Pure point blank simple. So him averaging 18.5 points per game, 5 assists on 47 percent shooting from three doesn't surprise me whatsoever it was awesome to see him get an mvp chance in the united center kind of a little dig at the front office like maybe you let me go a little too early was it time to go at the time maybe and another thing that we talked about on uh, the hotline no one's really mentioned it but 
D Rose is trying to get paid next year. He's trying to go get that bag next year. So I'm 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 uh, I'm excited that he's hooping. I'm glad that he's back hooping at a, at a high level. We talked about all that on the No Catch Up Hotline open to the public. Put my own phone number on the deck. People were calling my celly. These are the best calls from the No Catch Up Hotline. No Catch Up Chicago, listen up. You want to No Catch Up Hotline? Talk to me. What's up, yo? What's up? This time, man. What's up, man? How are you? Thanks for the call, bro. I'm all right. I'm all right. I've been following y'all. Uh, I've been following y'all for like like a month now. You rocking with on, us uh, on IG? Oh yeah, on IG. How you like it? How you like the content, bro? You appreciating the show? You know, I fuck with anything that got something to do with the Bulls. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. I actually just got off. Anything that got to do with the Bulls. I ain't really too much. I ain't really too much of a football fan, but I love my city. Yeah, you so, you, I do, I do pretty much. I don't fuck with the Cubs, though. I'm from the South Side. Okay, bet, bet that. How you feel about uh, D coming back last night? Man, that's my man. That's like my. That's like he, 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 he like he's like one of my favorite players. Period. My favorite players. Period. Not just you know, not my favorite ball and no stuff like that. He's one of my favorite players. I respect him. I respect his game. I like everything about D Rose. You like, I mean, you like to see him doing well. I I appreciate it as well, man. Was, of course, of course, I like to see him doing well. I, I'm really, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping and praying he stays healthy this whole season, so the people have to give his ass a check next year. They're gonna have to pay him. He can't, he can't keep, he can't keep going for that little, that little meal and a half. Yeah, because no one's really. They just, they just got it. They just got a steal. Yeah, I hadn't heard it. And no one's really mentioned that too, too much. That hasn't been a big talking point. But, yeah, if he keeps doing this, somebody, yeah, somebody's going to have to pay. have to pay that man next season. He averaged 20 points. He averaged 20 points, about like six or seven assists. You know what I mean? Right, he's, he's averaging he, he eight. Getting, he, getting the, he getting the same numbers Mike Conley getting. And Mike Conley getting like 30 mil. 18.5 points per game, five assists on 47% from three. That's D Rose numbers this year. Exactly. His, his shooting percentage is like, it's like in the top five of the league at the present moment. Yeah, no, he's doing his thing. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I just hope he can stay healthy. We can get this whole season out, get him a good, like, uh, good, like, 70 games. You know what I'm saying? And somebody got to come out that back. That, that West, that West, that West race looking crazy in these for these ball for the, for the playoffs. It's just looking crazy right now. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't respect the squad, man. I don't. I don't. They not consistent enough. They got two max contracts on that team. Ain't nowhere in the world Wiggins supposed to be getting no fucking fifteen points. You Wiggins and, and and Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns at least at the least. Need to get a dub a night you for one hundred and ninety million for five and one hundred and, and, and what forty eight million for five. Especially if you're not playing no D. Wiggins need to get a motherfucker at least. Wiggins especially need to get a motherfucker a quarter a night. <laughs> he need to get to the line more. He need to slash more. He like he lazy man. Yeah, he got he a like lazy, lazy game to too. like OKC come to town or something. Yeah, no, nah, he got a lazy game to him. Before I let you go, any any thoughts on the Bulls overall? Uh, 
right now? I want them to I want them to go upstairs and get rid of everybody. Straight away like that. To, everybody get get packing they need to get the get them guys up out of there. Cuz at first if you if you could go back to some of my tags, I was I was going on the whole fire Fred Horberg lick a little while ago. Right. But see that wasn't even the problem. The problem is upstairs cuz they I I like the team. All they they need a couple of good vets. Maybe good three or four good vets, and they need like a leader, cause they got a good young squad, and we could be somewhere in the next couple of seasons. Well, like Levine, um, dang, what's the uh, what's you, the you like what's the young core? Levine, Marketing, yeah, Wendell I like Carter. That. I like Levine. I like uh, Wendell Carter like, Jr. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I like him a lot, and I like the other guy that just came back off uh off injury. He's too. Yeah, no, no, no. Not, no, no, he ain't. No, not him, the other guy, the white boy, the tall white boy. You talking about marketing? Marketing, yeah. yeah. All them, now you could, now you could do something with them, with them, with them four players right there. What about, with, with, with a good three vets, y'all can do something. Right. Go they just need to, I don't know, man, it's like they need the discipline. And I don't know what's going on with Jabari Parker. I understand that need. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's another upstairs classic move right there. Hey, we gonna leave it there, my man. Thank you for calling, bro. Yep. Keep locked with us. Yep. That's the passion that comes with with uh. That's the real off the street Chicago sports talk. Go upstairs, get rid of everybody. We have the young core we need. We just need them to stay on the line and get focused. And that's that real. Derek Rose love in the city. That's the majority of the folks on the South Side. That's how they feel. I would say 99% of the folks love D Rose the way my man loved D Rose. The No Catch Up Hotline is hot. Who's this? Yo, it's Will Russell calling from Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Wow, my boy. The Chicago-based kid hit me from uh, the warm and sunny Cabo. What's that? Yeah, what are we what are we talking about today? I got lots to talk listen, about. Listen, listen. The big two topics I want to hit on are the Bears and uh, the Bulls and D Rose's homecoming. You want to talk about the Bears first? Yeah, let's talk about the Bears. I think the Bears are going to. No, no, hold on, hold on. Before before you get let me let me give you a little structure before you go off on a on a tangent. <laughs> should we should we be resting starters? Let me give you an example. The Bears are locked in for a three seed, have the option to get the two, but the Rams have to lose at home to the Niners. If it's yeah, and if, they play at the same time. They move the game so that they play at the same time. Exactly right. So if it's twenty seven ten should we pull starters, get Trubisky, Mack, and those guys off the field, or should we yes, try to take? Absolutely. Or do we try to knock out the Vikings so we don't have to worry about seeing those guys again in the playoffs? Who's worried about the Vikings? I'm not worried about anyone in the NFC North right now, at all, for the Bears. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm resting my guys, hundred percent. If that's me. So if you, if you get to half are, and they're up, just sit the boys and let's cruise into the playoffs and, and, and possibly yeah, see the Vikings the again. Are, I think the Bears are a top two team in the NFL right now. 
I think it's probably the Saints and the Bears are probably the two best teams. The Rams seem to be falling apart. The Chiefs, the Chiefs seem strong, but they don't have their tail back right now. And he's not coming back, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't know. The Patriots obviously can come out of nowhere. But I just don't think there's a defense. The only defense going into the playoffs right now maybe is the Ravens. And they might not, I don't even know if they're going to be a shoe in to make it. And they, they got Lamar Jackson at the helm. I mean, they're, they're vulnerable. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're easy. See, I, I'm I not even thinking about team. the AFC yet. Like, let those guys bang their heads against each other. Like, I don't even care about the AFC, right? I'm, I'm thinking about the NFC. And if we want to play a division foe in the, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I got no issue with that. I think, I think our, I think, uh, even if we rest the starters of the second half, we'll still beat Minnesota next week. So, okay, fair enough. Who would you rather play? Because if, if we stay at three, we're either going to play the Seahawks, the Vikings, or the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, honestly, the team I'd most like to play is the Vikings. So maybe we just take the L. Really? Well, this is well. I don't this think is the, the Vikings are doing anything right now. Well, this is the thing about the Vikings, right? Hold on, hear me out. This is the thing about playing the Vikings. First off, they've won the last two in a row. Kirk has looked a lot better. They've been on their we got to get in the playoffs motivation type shit, right? The thing about playing them back to back weeks, if we lose to them in handily fashion, it gives them a little more juice, a little more confidence to play us the next week in Chicago. Hey, and if you go back and look, I know we beat them at home. It was 25-20. It wasn't like we we rolled them over. Yeah, true. I feel like they've gotten worse since then. But the one thing that, that I do like about playing back-to-back with them is I feel like we have a better coaching staff. So you get and and we and they'll be showing everything and we might not be showing so much because maybe we're coasting and they're trying it with all their might to win the game. So you got that game tape from seven days prior of them giving you the kitchen sink and you've dialed it back and your coaches are smarter. So I think we beat the Vikings up and down. The Seahawks don't scare me too much, but they're obviously hot. The Eagles with big dick Nick throwing four touchdowns and shit, like you don't want to see those guys. That's who I don't want to yeah, see. You, you always got to be scared of the Eagles right now. Hundred percent. That's who I don't want to see. We've already beat Seattle. We've beat the Vikings. I I just I don't I would rather not see the Eagles. I and I hate to say like they have the championship pedigree, but they got this little. They got they have that coming off the Super Bowl win last year. They have a. Foles has given them a little like a little pick me up, no doubt. Yeah, it's weird, but it but it's true. Foles is going to go get one of those twenty million a year boys next year. Yeah, he he definitely is. <laughs> he definitely he's gonna is. Go get that, he's going to go get that Kirk Cousins money, and then you want to know what? It's the same thing, dude. He'll go somewhere next year. And he'll he'll start off like Pat Mahomes, and by game six, everyone will have fucking tape on that dude, and he'll come back to reality. Right now, no one's really got tape on Foles on his tendencies. When you get a whole season on somebody, shit changes. I'm telling you. So when Nick Foles does go somewhere next year, he won't be. He'll look like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> right. The tape. The tape don't lie. All right. Let me take this other call, bro. I appreciate you calling in, man. No problem, man. Have fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. Talk soon.
Harris. That's an interesting take from Will on the coaching staff. In my opinion, playing a team back-to-back, especially coming off a loss, could be a little scary. But Will raises an interesting point. If if we believe in Nagy and Fangio and the coaching staff like we say we do, then they should be able to outcoach the Vikings. Back-to-back weeks, we've already beat them at home. We get to play them in Minnesota, and then we get another week to prep for a playoff game at home. We should be able to take care of business. Oh, man, the No Catch-Up hotline might get really, really steamy right now. Seamus, what's up, man? Hey, what up, bro? Man, talk to me, man. First off, happy holidays. You too. You as well. Thank you. So I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I'm I'm not yo, I, I have to be completely honest with you. You have some of <laughs> you have you have maybe the hottest Bulls Twitter takes on on the net. I appreciate that. Talk to me about this back and forth with uh Bulls Pack. That's the dude that just got the show, yeah? Him and his buddies. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the outsiders or whatever. Yeah, the yeah, they, so. yeah, they follow they follow Bulls telecast and they have their own show. I, I haven't watched it. I don't know, heard good things. Yeah, cool. no doubt, right? So, right. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this this uh, this tweet from Matt Peck at Bulls underscore Peck. Yeah, he's the one that I think it's. What's it called? The show? Uh, I think it's like the Outsiders. The Outsiders. Yeah, that sounds right. It's on NBC Sports Chicago local. Comes on after the uh, the Bulls games. And I quote: "If you want to gush over Rose having a resurgence season, fine." Enjoy it and be happy for him. But this fan base has an unhealthy obsession with Rose and a team that only made it as far as the game, uh, basically made it as far as game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Time to let it right. go and focus on the present or future. What's wrong with what he said? So, my big, right, what, what stood out immediately was unhealthy. And I'm like a nitpicker, you know, I like to like tear people's arguments down. That's just kind of <laughs> what right. I do. I was just like, what, like, as a fan, you're talking about health, like unhealthy, like, I was I was so happy yesterday going to the game like an all day leading up to the game. I got season tickets in 2010, so like that was I was there that year. I was in the UC every night, all right. Um, and like it was just a it was an incredible season. And yeah, I still fawn over that that year. It's like besides the Jordan era when I was too you know when I was young. Did, I don't have that good a memory of that. But like 2010, that was I was there. I know it all. And so I'm like, you know, what's what's wrong with being hyped about, you know, seeing Rose again, come back, dominating like he was, well, not, you know, whatever, getting back to where he was, and remembering, like, Tibbs and Taj and, and Dang and all those guys. Like, what, what exactly is unhealthy about that as a fan, right? From a fan's perspective, what's your, what's your job? To me, it's just to, you know, to find some enjoyment, find some, you know, joy, whatever, in being a fan of the team, remembering the good times. The Bulls aren't where we want them to be right now, so, so that means it's unhealthy to like find some joy in remembering what the Bulls were. He's like making this distinction, like if you if you're like the Bulls then aren't the same Bulls now. Sure, there's different players, but it's it's the it's the organization, it's the same franchise. I was a Bulls fan. That was a team. The Bulls, the Bulls are still the Bulls. Like it was just it, it was a bogus argument to like call out people that were you know getting hyped and having a good time and and you know just feeling that 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 old joy from 2010 so i thought that was bogus and you know wanted to see what you know and i guess i equated that like all right so that's unhealthy 
And then when I log on to Twitter every day, there's just constant fire garback. Any literally any decision that's made, anything that happens, immediately get these guys out of here. You know, it, it there's not a lot of like thought thoughtfulness to what any decision was made. It's just immediately, oh, Garpacks again, fire these guys, get out of here. Oh, the Bulls are awful. This is a disgrace. This is embarrassing. Like, bro, like that shit's unhealthy to me. Like just being in a constant state of, you know, complaining and just bitching and yeah, misery. Isn't it is but isn't that what's happening? Haven't these years been miserable? We haven't done anything. We've we've made a lot of mistakes where we could have Things could have been different. The culture around the team is is kind of toxic. Like it is what it is. Like is it isn't isn't it just calling a spade a spade? Okay, but I mean yes, but you can. So so as a fan, from a fan's perspective, though, is like, am I going to sit and wallow? Is it more healthy to just to just wallow? Like what what is healthy? If if that's unhealthy to remember good times, to to find joy still in some you know in some nostalgia, like if that's unhealthy. Then give me the flip side of that. What's healthy? Healthy is, is the constant, you know, that's like it, it just in life. Like what's healthy? Like thinking about, you know, positive things, thinking about uplifting yourself or thinking about what's good. All right. That keeps you in a healthy state of mind or you get down and all you can think about is my life sucks. This is bullshit. I hate, you know, being here. I hate seeing all this. Everything's disgusting. So, I got, yeah, I'm being nitpicky about healthy and unhealthy. Like that was just a stupid argument to me. So from a, from a fan's perspective, you think that regardless of kind of what's going on with the team, how it's being run, et cetera, if you're a true fan, just sit back and support them and et cetera. No, I, I, I mean, I, I agree that you can have takes and you can be disappointed in the direction of the franchise and, and the decisions that are being made. That is, you know, it's part of being a, you know, a knowledgeable fan. And I think maybe I toe the line between, you know, knowledgeable and, and Homer, but like, I'm still a fan, but I still think I look at things with, you know, a logical, you know, sense or like, if this is the decision that's made, then what's the other end of it? Like, you know, if, you know, everyone's jumping on like Fred Hoiberg got fired or Jim Boylan is an idiot. Well, we had Fred Hoiberg, like why does everyone all of a sudden, like everyone's caping for Fred Hoiberg now, like, because the front office decided to fire him and go with Jim Boylan. Like, Bro, Fred Hoiberg, he, no one even listened to the guy. He mumbles to himself on the sideline. No one gave him any respect. Like, that, that the Bulls weren't growing, these young guys. But because management made a, made a decision, everybody's automatically like, you know, Jim Bullen is not the future coach. I think we all know that, even regardless of the interim tag being removed. They're trying to tell the guys that, hey, this is your coach. You better listen to him. We're trying to instill some new habits that you were losing for three years with Hoiberg. But it's just an immediate, like, uh, Garpax made that decision. It, this is awful. Fuck Boylan. This is we're trash. Like it, I just don't think people like people have it made up in their mind that you know Paxson and Gar need to go. So it's just how do you not agree with that, that though? You, I, I feel like because just because I follow you on Twitter, we go back and forth quite a bit as it is. I feel like you right. think they don't they they don't have to go. I, I don't. Where, how can you look at what's been going on and how we're perceived around the league? how the team is being run, how do you think they don't have to go? Like, can you justify them staying? Okay. Um, I mean, from, so the whole argument, I see like, you know, 15 years, the Bulls haven't done anything. All right. I mean, first of all, count how many teams have like won an NBA championship, like eight teams, maybe. And they're not even, um, maybe eight teams made to the finals. Right. But like from 03 to 11, you know, Paxson took over. All right, we were the worst team in the league. All right, in two thousand two, whatever. 
03, start making picks. You know, we bring in Kirk, or he brings in Kirk, dang, you know, Noah, making moves, baby bulls come, start making to the playoffs, all right? Lose one year out of the playoffs, get lucky with the Derrick Rose. But every decision that they made before that prepared them to the point that if you if you strike gold, if you get that one ping pong ball that leaped him up to Derrick Rose, that put him in position to literally be a contender. They were a contender. It was, you know, that team, you read Darnell Mayberry, that team was going places. Everybody knew that team was going places. They had a future. All right. Derrick Rose goes down. People like that is an excuse that they make because it's a legitimate excuse. If that doesn't happen, they built a team in eight years from the worst team in the league to the best record in the league. In eight years, they did, Pax did that. Brought in guard the last year, made good free agent signings, built a team around around guys that are hardworking. The same mentality, the same thing that they're looking for today is what we all gushed over in 2011, the team that they put together. All right, Rose goes down. Yeah, they're in a tailspin when Rose goes down and trying to make moves to try and stay in that window, like when they traded Nurkic and Gary Harris. Two more great first-round picks. Pax has always hit on first-round picks besides Aldridge and uh, Teague at 29 or whatever. So they're, they're in a tailspin. They trade those two guys to get McDermott, thinking they need a, you know immediate impact when their window's closing. Boom, that was a failure. All right, And a couple other moves are trying to, trying to save that window where they were in 2011, really because Derrick Rose went down. I mean, those, that is a legitimate excuse. From there, we got Jimmy Butler trying to build around him. Yeah, the Wade and Rondo was a last gas, poor effort. But I don't believe that Jimmy Butler is a guy that they could have built around and could have paid him the max that he was going to ask for and contended in a few years. So well, I thought about that was all a great the coaches him. And even, hold on, let me step back a little bit. Cause like, so that we yeah. we obviously know about the whole list of coaches and all that stuff. Let's even go back. Cause I read the Mayberry piece. It's awesome. And I loved that team, but even that team, as much as they did, you know, the bench mob and put all those guys together, that team was screaming for a two guard. How many years in a row did we need a two guard? How many years were we running out Keith Bogans? Well, for, for, for they an ran example, it was one year, and then they tried to bring in Rip Hamilton the next year. Rip Hamilton was like hurt half the time, right. and that's when Derrick Rose got hurt. But that was the only like that team was only they had Keith Bogans for that one year when they brought everybody in in 2010, and then literally the next year they brought in Rip Hamilton, and that's when Derrick Rose went down at the end of the year. So I mean, we brought in an old ass Rip Hamilton though. Like that, the the Rip Hamilton shit was a patch up. Like Rip, Rip Hamilton was finished. You know that. So, yeah, uh, so, I mean, so in other words, you're saying that they they deserve a little more slack just because of the the drafting and the they have put together a team or two. But that they was, had, yeah, they have a phenomenal track record drafting in the first round. I don't think any team has has had as many hits in the first round as Paxton has. And then to add to that, sure, they didn't get the they they don't get the high priority free agent. They don't get the big name, which is disappointing. Coming from Chicago, it's the third largest market fucking incredible city that disappoints me that but that's also but why is that though it's because people I, that, are, people don't think they know what they're doing though but is that because they don't know what they're doing like because they can't attract like where do free agents go where do the big name free agents go what cities like how many different teams get the big name okay listen the heat did it yeah, the heat la but the, the lakers re- but the reason new york and chicago aren't getting them is because people have no confidence in the front office and they don't think they, they they don't think we know what we're doing. I, they, I disagree if, with that. I don't know where thought, that. If they thought that we could handle who has free, said that, who, 
Dude, we ran. Who made that point? Dude, the, Who said we're not going there because we don't believe in the front no, office? No, they don't say that. The they don't say that to the press. But there's no other reason why we wouldn't get why we wouldn't get anyone. People around the league are telling them don't go there. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to run a franchise. Their culture is Where toxic. Does that, I don't. That that is a just an assumption that I don't that that I think we're stuck in this Chicago. Like Chicago is a very critical city of, of all sports. So I think we're stuck in this mindset. I think if you ask, I don't know. I I, I don't know one way or the other, but. Because we hear all this negativity constantly about they don't know what they're doing. It's a mess that we assume that everyone nationally like we, thinks that we don't treat our know. players like we're supposed to. Like the Luol Deng situation, that whole thing, like yeah. misdiagnosis injuries and shit like that always seems to come to the surface. Derrick Rose, how we essentially at the I mean, we gave Derrick Rose every chance to you know bounce back and, and get to. After the injury, get to back to where he was. I, I I'm not gonna say we didn't, but even him after he leaves, he kind of takes shots at the front office. The, dude, no, I agree. I was pissed after that. I was I was I was on the fire Darpax train when they traded him in his last year. I was waiting for one more year. Like let the dude play out his contract in Chicago. All right, you're right. I mean, in those instances, but I don't believe that that can over like. I don't know. I, I still think players are true choosing. You know, no tax. Or you know sunny beaches. Like I don't think you know Chicago has you know as much to offer as those other cities, and I think that has more of an effect than players like I can't go play for that organization. You know, and I think they're building that back up. They're paying guys. They're throwing money at Dwayne Wade did come here. I mean Rondo, they got yeah. They're Jabari came. Well, Wade came because Wade came because he knew he he had just locked up what what was it 48 million dollars or 46 or yeah. whatever it was and he knew he wasn't worth that much so he was like yeah i'll take this it was it was that was another terrible move by the front office trying to patch up a squad with with half a young squad half an old squad and they were just trying to win 40 games when they signed rondo and and d-wade no doubt about that that was a terrible decision i right it, it was a it was a poor move but in my mind didn't have a long-lasting negative impact. Okay. Either way, all right. We'll leave it. We'll, we'll leave it here. Where? What? What's the? What's the limit for you? Like what? How, what's the? When do you? When are you saying let's move on from from Garn packs? Um. I mean. I mean, this summer is important to me. I was kind of disappointed in in Paxson's like comments about like you know, and I think he's hedging his bets. He's you know he's playing the game, saying you know it's going to be a long you know, under promising. I'm hoping that's just his sales technique. Under promise, over deliver. You know what I'm saying? He's still preaching patience and whatever. But I want to see this summer. Like, you know, I don't know what their intentions with Jabari. I think there was some, because Jabari came in with an attitude this year that, like, really wasn't really playing for the team. So I think there was, like, when they signed him this year, there was some maybe, maybe, I don't know that they really thought that he was going to be a huge part or something and, and Jabari wasn't happy about it. And that's kind of why he showed his interest. Whatever I want to see, like an actual, I want to see, I want to see a veteran, and I want to see some actual contributors sign in free agency. I want him, I want him to use that flexibility wisely, and I want to see him hit on another first round pick. I mean, they they're in great position. I don't know why people are so down where they're at right now. They got Lowry, they got Wendell, right? Zach Levine is probably on a you know a decent rate contract. That if he does work out, cool. If he doesn't, somebody's going to take him. All right, and I believe in Chris Dunn. Love Chris Dunn. And then Bobby Portis, like, you know, re-sign him at a, at a deal, which him being injured this year, they'll probably get a good deal. So add a top five pick, bring in two veterans, all right, and then we start winning. And we start turning the shit around. So that's that's what I'm looking for. This summer they got to, like, make actual, 
no more, yeah, no Wade, no Jabari, no like inflated one year deal on some guy that they're just going to release the next year. I want I want to see some, you know, contributing veterans, and I want to see him hit another top five pick. And I'm very confident that they'll hit on another top five pick. So, all, yeah, all in all, it's it's not as bad as it seems. That is my optimistic perception. I got you, Seamus. Man, thanks for the call, bro. All right, appreciate it. Later. Have a good one. The thing that's interesting about what Seamus is saying is he's so confident that they'll pick well and they'll do all this. I I think I don't have they because they have shown that they can pick and make very good draft picks. The thing for me is that there's no confidence that they could go out and get a free agent, which they have not shown they can do. And I don't know if I trust these dudes with a rebuild like. They, they they tend to put these teams together and then something happens and we get a new coach and they're embarrassing people in the media. They're they're mishandling players. They're doing all types of stuff to where it doesn't work out. But the fact that Sheamus wants to go out and give those guys the summer and see what happens there, I just don't see them making a big splash in free agency. They would have to hit on the first round pick, add like two good, good pieces in free agency. And I just don't see that happening. No catch up hotline. What's popping? <laughs> What's good with it? What's happening, man? You want to talk Yo, some bears? Long time listener, first time caller. This is uh, what I like to hear. <laughs> Real quick. Worst take of the week. Bears losing Minnesota. Not going to happen, Chief. You don't think so? Talk to me. You gonna hang up and listen? Nah, nah, bro. It's not gonna happen. Why do you say that? Well, first of all, the Bears are different this year. Like, you're talking about Mark Trustman's Bears? You're talking about like um who was it? The St. Louis guy. What was the St. Louis guy's name? Mike Martz? You know, Mike Martz Bears? Rex Grossman's Bears? Mike Martz was the oh. offensive coordinator just so for your Well for yeah, your... yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> But those dudes would go up and lose in Minnesota. Khalil Mack and them, they're not going to lose, bro. What's the motivation, though? Bro, the Outside motivation of the, is the, the these motiv- niggas want to win. They're young. They're a young team. They want to get the dub, and they want to just party and ball out with their friends. They don't give a fuck about nothing or nobody. They play for themselves, bro. I'm telling you. Like Tariq Cohen, Khalil and what Mack. I, yeah, and what I mean by motivation is – and obviously they can go the get the two The motivation is we've been getting smacked in the mouth. We haven't made the playoffs in seven fucking years. We're playing – it's a division game. The Vikings are trying to get in, and we're going to say no. Nah. So you would rather them play the whole game, sit out, instead of sitting out. And once we think, once we find out the Rams yeah. are, are, are ahead enough on the Niners, we should still keep the starters in, go in I'm there, sorry. no rest, keep banging them. I think we should – I th- if I knew that the that the Niners were going to lose and the Rams are going to win, I'd say rest everybody. But I just I just don't think that like the Bears are going to let up. I think they're going to want to keep the momentum. They're going to want to roll into the postseason. They're going to want to do their thing, and I think like they're going to have to. All right, JJ, thanks for the call, bro. We'll leave it there. All right, later, bro. The one interesting thing that John is saying. Thanks for the call, my G. The only time the Bears have looked a little suspect all year is coming off of the bye. 
coming off of time off. The bye, the next game after that was Miami. We looked rusty. I know it was hot. I know it was in Miami. It was on the road. It was 95 degrees, whatever. We still looked rusty. The little baby bye after those three games in 12 days after Thanksgiving, we go to New York. We look rusty. We don't look polished. There is an argument that regardless of what the Rams are doing, if they're up 40 to zero, this is football. Injuries are going to happen. We need to try to stay crispy, especially if we're going to play the next week on that Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is. If we don't have a bye, let's try to knock out Minnesota. Let's try to beat the Vikings in their place, knock them out of the playoffs, and stay sharp on offense and on defense. And I think, obviously, the more reps that Mitch gets, the better. That is an angle. That is a take and an option that could be the best one. The No Catch-Up Hotline is open. What's going on? Wide open. Top of the morning, my dudes. You know what's good. Who am, I, know, I who am I wrote, speaking to? Who am I speaking to? You, who is you this? were speaking. You were speaking with the the man you named the the West Coast Mayor, your boy Gregory Greens. You know, checking in on the scene. You know what's good. You already know what's going on, man. Oh man, you know I rolled out of bed, saw the hotline, said we doing live numbers out here. I'm gonna let me call <laughs> my dudes real quick, man. Stay from California. We out here with the sun shining. You know, it's beautiful. Christmas, New Year's on the way. Let me tap in with my guys one last time for 2018. And you already know. Listen, I'm gonna. This is What's actually good? this is interesting because you're coming from. You know, you're a you're a Raiders fan yourself. Yes. Have you been watching the Bears a little bit? Uh, I've been I've been watching. I ain't gonna lie. You yeah. Know, we 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 see we see what y'all are doing over there. We see the the influence Mac is having over there. So yeah, we see it. Uh, yeah, I've that, been watching personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I watch all football, so yeah, I've been watching. Yeah, because you got that unique take where you're an actual Raiders fan and and has seen that squad get kind of rebuilt and give your major piece away, which is Mac to the Bears. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was a t- it was a tough pill to swallow, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of looking at it like on the financial end. Yo, you know, I, I ain't never seen no – I mean, as as talented as Mac is, I ain't never seen no defensive player get that much money, you know. So I'm like, I'm like, do we want to – do we want to put our next three, four years into Khalil Mack? You said Khalil or Mack can't want, win you a Super Bowl. Or do we want to put our – you know what I'm saying? Because we could do a, do a lot with those, that money and those picks. I'm not saying we're going to go get another Mack right off the bat, but with that money and the picks we got – we can kind of get, I would say, you know, a little bit more than what we could out of Khalil Mack. Okay, I hear you. I not, gotta... not not taking not taking nothing away from the boy's talent. The boy is the most second to Lawrence Taylor, probably the most talented defensive player I've ever seen. You I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's him, Donald. Yeah, he's. It's. I don't want to put him in that conversation. And I don't even. I, I don't even think like Donald. Donald is. He's. He's nice, but for the for the money that he just got, Khalil showing a lot more worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like what I'm seeing out of Khalil more than what I'm seeing out of Donald. Just in this year one since they first got paid. Yeah. You know, just just it, in that, I think Khalil's had a little bit more of an impact. It's one of those a things where Donald, Donald's numbers are bigger. He's play, yeah. He has more sacks, 
tackles for yeah. loss, that type of thing. But his his he's not taking over game handedly like that. It seems like I've seen I've seen Khalil literally. What did he do? Fumble, get a fumble recovery. Fucking oh man, he interceptions. Goddamn, fucking pick it up and run it to the house. This nigga can do it all, bro. Like he can do it. He can do everything. So. You know, Donald is definitely, you know, putting up numbers, but I think Khalil is just that, like, more scary force. <laughs> you know, you're more scared seeing him come at you across the line than, you know, I think Donald, I, my personal opinion. Resting the starter. So, if you don't know, the Bears have already locked up the three seed, right? Yeah. They have an option to get to the two if we win and the Rams lose. Uh-huh. How do you go? Uh, how do you navigate that situation? Because the Rams are playing the 49ers at home, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's just absolutely zero chance they lose that game, right? The Rams? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know the the Niners, the Niners, the Niners, and and like division games. You know, like division games are always shaky for me. You know, you can never really predict what's going to happen, you know, and I see this all the time in our division because it's like, you'll see, oh, like we play, Raiders play the Chiefs next week, you know, and we, you know, everyone's thinking, oh, that's a blowout, you know, but the motherfuckers, every time it's those division games, they get, the players dig a little deeper, it seems like, so I I don't think the Niners are going to just fold, talent-wise, the Rams are on paper, they got them all day, you know, but, you know, that any given Sunday thing comes into play, so... I I mean I, I I expect a blowout, but if Nick Mullins might try and show his ass one last time, <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. It's funny because the 49ers been playing hard for a couple weeks now. The last couple like weeks, all, been like today. the back end I, of the I, season, they've been trying to they've been yeah. playing for whatever reason. You know what like I'm saying? That, that first the first week I saw Nick Mullins, I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, this kid ain't it, you know? Nick Mulligans, I started calling him Nick Mulligans. And then now I'm like, oh, the last couple of weeks of seeing this. I'm like, I picked up a couple of the dudes off the waiver from the Niners, one of their receivers, and that, that George Kittle cat. And these niggas been eating. Right. I'm like, I'm like right. okay. Mulligans out here throwing it. So, so you know, we're going to see. So, do you, coming from a Chicago fan, do you leave the starters in at half? And try to knock and try to knock those the, like the Vikings out of the playoffs. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, I'm always gonna, you know, I'm always going for the kill. I would say maybe play them the first half, see where the game goes, see the flow of the game, see what kind of, uh, you know, if you can do, if you can get a nice lead, you know, then go ahead and then you know you can take them out. But I mean, if it's a dog fight. I mean, you don't. I don't know. I kind of see you don't want to risk injury. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well then let's uh let me take this other call and I'm gonna get back to you. Unk, man. Good looks on the call, my dude. Do your G. thing, man. Hey, appreciate you, Doug. Happy holidays, and I just want to check in with you. Yes, and, sir. Uh, let me know about that trip we was talking about. Yes, you already know, love, bro. All right, bro. Holla. No catch-up hotlines here. What's up? Hi, this is Emily with the Pacific Health and Education. We are a patient outreach company that makes sure people like you are getting all the benefits and medical attention that you You see that bullshit? That's what happens when you put your, your phone number on there. You get all types of calls. <laughs> 
No Catch Up Hotline is live. What's up? Who's this? Hello. I guess he didn't want to talk to me. 